The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Consider owning a Cruise Planners American Express travel franchise. A low-cost, turnkey opportunity. Cruise Planners provides everything you need to grow your business right from the start. No experience is necessary. Visit cruiseplannersfranchise.com. Okay, stand by. Broadcasting from the Cruise Radio Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? I'm Doug Parker. Matt Bassford is vacationing in California. Hope he's having fun. Thanks for sending the pictures, Matt. You are missed. Don't forget to subscribe to our cruise updates at cruiseradio.net. Big show this week. We have Simon Vanessa, editor-in-chief of World of Cruising Magazine. He's going to give us his full review of Coral Princess. He did a 10-night Panama Canal sailing. But first, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. What's up, man? Hey, Doug. So after years of speculation, it looks like Royal Caribbean is finally going to put the world's largest cruise ship in Europe briefly. Very briefly, Doug. What's up with this? Well, what they're going to be doing is the ship needs to go in for uh, routine dry dock. And uh, there are no uh, ship facilities on in this uh, hemisphere, so uh, she's got to head back to Europe to do uh, to do dry dock. And what they're going to do is they're going to do two transatlantic sailings, obviously, you know, to and from, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know, three European sailings uh, in between. Uh, you know, they'll have uh, some round trip uh, five nights and one seven night uh, sailing in order to get the ship uh, up and back uh, to, from Rotterdam. And uh, it's a great opportunity for people to sail aboard Oasis of the Seas. Uh, we know she handles those transatlantics, I mean, masterfully well. I mean, oh, yeah. There is not a ship on the planet that can handle uh, rough seas better than uh, Oasis or Allure of the Seas. And it's going to be a great way for, uh, you know, another market to be able to see what uh, Oasis and Allure is all about and, uh, and, and also, you know, kind of see what these other ports can do as far as handling a ship of this size. Let's see. Next, we have a Norwegian breakaway named Captain. Looking forward to seeing her next month in New York City. Uh, We have Carnival. They signed a six-year contract with Port Canaveral. Now, this is big for Carnival because Carnival normally only signs like year-to-year or every two years, correct? Correct. But it also depends on the port, Doug. I mean, they've got multi-year in in their biggest ports, Miami, Mm -hmm. uh, Port Canaveral, uh, Port Everglades. Uh, you know, places, places like that, uh, where they've got a huge presence, and of course the, you know, there's been huge uh, port infrastructure that that has been made, and you know, with Port Canaveral, believe it or not, um, Carnival is actually the largest operator at Port Canaveral. Where uh, in 2012, I mean, they had 800,000 passengers. Wow. On their three ships. Yeah, and they were doing some pretty cool stuff for cruise passengers. They have a, a new uh, a new marketplace over there, an amphitheater, an observation point. There's a lot of interesting construction there, and uh, you know, look, it's I mean, look, it's the gateway to Orlando. And they also fired their CEO last week. Yeah, that was a shame. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, but uh, it's, it's interesting. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, so ships are still staying clear from Grand Turk. Is this an epidemic down there or something? Well, well Doug, we we actually don't know. What we do know is that uh, there's been an unusually high amount of norovirus cases. They lay like to, you know, there's been some code names of gastrointestinal, but let's call it what it is, so we're all on the same page. We know what it is. It's the norovirus. Sure. 
but it was passengers experiencing it or coming down with symptoms. They believed that it was emanating from the, the port facility itself. So Carnival, you know, essentially a few weeks ago has said, we're staying clear until uh, it can be ascertained uh, what's causing the problem and uh, they can get a clean bill of health. So as of now, they're not stopping in, in uh, the Grand Turks and Caicos. Yeah, I have a friend on Eurodam right now, and he said that they're not stopping. They're doing a, a day at sea instead. They, they, you know, they, yeah. they you know, go to another Bahamian port yeah. uh, nearby. But, Look, um, yeah, that's what happens. Looks like last week Princess Cruises' upcoming, upcoming ship, Regal Princess, was floated out. Now, we're going to see Royal Princess uh, in June. When is Regal Princess actually due out for us? Well, um, Regal is going to be uh, launched in 2014. And, uh, you know, she, just like Royal Princess... Uh, this will be Royal Princess Three and Regal Princess Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, they're 141,000 uh, tons, and uh, you know they'll have you know about about 4,000 uh, passengers on board. And um, I mean they're they're going to be amazing ships. So with Royal Royal Princess is actually uh, doing uh, her sea trials in the Adriatic Sea right now, mm-hmm. and Roy- Regal Princess essentially what they did was they just they floated her out, which means that she was just put into the water. So, uh, that, I mean, it's it's amazing how fast the, because uh, it just seems like we, we just heard about them laying the keel, which right. was the first the first big block of the, of the ship. And, I mean, they've already got the, the hull and their ship's already in the water already. And speaking of Princess, try sneaking booze on Princess. Well, they're out to seek and destroy. Am I hearing this correctly? You are. And <laughs> they're, essentially what they do is they, they're having a love affair with your alcohol. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's funny. You know, with all the years, Doug, we've been, you know, we've been talking about, uh, and, you know, you've interviewed people that, that talk about the, the techniques of how they, uh, uh, you know, bring on board, bring on board alcohol yeah. in, in different canisters. Well, I got news for you. Uh, they are um, confiscating it. They are holding back people's luggage now. And bringing you down to claim your bags, you'll open up the bag, and they are taking the alcohol. If it's wine and champagne, they'll they'll charge you the corkage fee and allow you to drink it in the dining room. But uh, hard liquor, beer, stuff like that, it's gone. God, tough times, huh? And uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. When we first, you know, we're starting to read about this, you know, we thought, wow, this is like an April Fool's joke. Uh huh. <laughs> But uh, it was a few days before, and no, they're they're serious about it. And uh, you know, the first group of of passengers on board their ships are are already experiencing it. It'll be interesting to see if other cruise lines follow suit. I know here in Jacksonville, you can't get anything on board. They'll pull your bag in a heartbeat, even if it is mouthwash. They're going to pull your bag here in Jacks. Well, I mean, they they could see what it is. And yeah, it's, it's it's the cruise line saying, hey, you know, we we want to put a stop to it. We want more of your money, is what they're saying. Uh, well, rightfully so, though. So Libya is telling MSC Cruises, we want our ship back. <laughs> of course, this has a Gaddafi connection from the late ruler. What's up with this? The MSC Preziosa was ordered by the Libyan government. It was ordered by the General National Maritime Transport, Transport Company mm-hmm. um, of Libya, which is was essentially controlled by uh, Muammar Gaddafi, and the ship was actually ordered by one of his uh, sons, and uh, you know, because of uh, you know Papa not being in power anymore, right. uh, they defaulted on the payments. Uh, STX Europe was left with a hull. Uh, the, the the yard uh, then you know it was so essentially they defaulted on it. The yard uh, then began shopping uh, for prospective owners and you know uh, other companies to resume the work on it. And um, MSC, I mean, with this ship being so similar strikingly similar to their Fantasia class ships, 
uh, they were certainly the right ones to take over construction of the ship and finish it. Yeah, so what are we going to see? I mean, do you think that the Libya government is going to try to get their ship back, or is this water under the bridge? Doug, I mean, when you default on a contract, you default on the contract. You know, of course, there's a new regime in there, and, you know, maybe it's just they're trying to get some headlines. Well, we wish them all the luck in the world. Yes, we certainly (laughs) do. Thank you for being here, man. Bye, buddy. Cruise Radio News, now trending at cruiseradio.net. Everybody has a story, and cruise planners, American Express Travel, loves to hear them. Beth Edwards was a busy mom who found a way to combine her love of travel with more family time. I was really looking for a business that would allow me to continue traveling because I love to travel and then also allow me some time to stay home with my children, with my family a little bit more. And my husband and I did some research and chose cruise planners because we just couldn't stop hearing enough good things about it and really trusted the American Express brand and um, really having a great time so far. Looking forward to learning and seeing more. So what's your story? Discover the fun, flexible, home-based franchise that's been voted number one in travel by Entrepreneur Magazine for 10 years in a row. Visit CruisePlannersFranchise.com or call 888-582-2150. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. It's not just a good idea to have travel insurance during the winter months or hurricane season. Every travel agent or travel expert we talk to says it is a very smart idea to always travel with travel insurance. That's why you should check the folks out at TripInsurance.com. They have exclusive products from the leading travel insurers that you won't find anywhere else. Yeah, they are the low-cost leader in travel insurance with savings up to 40% or more when you compare similar coverage from other sources. What plan do you want to go with? Good, better, or better? They have coverage in all three categories that make it easy to find the right insurance plan for your budget. You know what defines great customer service? Actually being able to talk to a human being. And they do that at TripInsurance.com. They are committed to great customer service with 24-7 telephone support before, during, and after your trip. You can also file claims online right on their website. And they keep you posted of any travel alerts that could affect your travels or safety at your destination. Check them out right now. TripInsurance.com. Stream us worldwide on our free iPhone app. Just search Cruise Radio Live in your app store. Joining us now on Cruise Radio is Editor-in-Chief of World of Cruising Magazine, Simon Vaness. Simon just returned from a 10-night round-trip partial transit along the Panama Canal on Coral Princess. He's here with a full review. Simon, welcome to Cruise Radio, my friend. Hi there, Doug. Good to, good to talk to you. I gotta say, next to Alaska, I think a Panama Canal transit is one of the most intriguing itineraries out there. Absolutely. I, I think that there is so much uh, to the Panama Canal cruise and the voyage, everything you do, both on the ship and around you as you go through the canal, is absolutely fascinating. Let's talk about the ship. You were on Princess Cruises, Coral Princess, out of Fort Lauderdale, and um, 
you arrive at Fort Lauderdale. I, I assume you drove from Orlando? That's right, yes. And how was the embarkation process? Was it smooth? Yep, very, very steady, very smooth. Um, no, no real problems. One quick tip that we would have is that we used um, the park and go um, uh, park, uh, parking facility um, instead of the, the port facility, and we saved about 70 bucks on that. Oh, wow. The service was very good indeed. So, you know, a quick shout-out there for Park & Go. Very impressed with their service. And pretty efficient shuttle service as well? Absolutely. No worries at all. You know, from the minute we got in to the minute we got back. Now, you board the Coral Princess. Embarkation was smooth as silk. And what were your first impressions of the ship? Uh, it, it was really interesting because I haven't sailed on either the Coral or the Island Princess before, which are the two sister ships, the two, the two in the Princess fleet, which are the, a bit different to the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And there's a definitely a very different vibe when you go on these two. They're, they're much better looking ships in overall terms. The lines of the ships are nicer. They look like proper ocean-going ships, as opposed to the usual, you know, floating hotel block type of thing. Um, And the interior is nice, um, and it has a really sort of traditional, not quite sort of old-fashioned feel. I mean, it's still very modern in in its overall terms, but there are some noticeable um, design and decor features that make you feel as if you're on, you know, you're in more traditional cruise um, territory. Very cool. So you get on the ship, you uh, make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have on the ship? This was a, a standard outside um, uh, stateroom with balcony. So, you know, one of they have four, four decks, basically, that are all pretty much the same. Plenty of um, space in, in the cabin. Very good closet space. Um, the only thing that we, we didn't like about the cabin was the size of the shower, which was tiny. Okay, so I'm sure once you got all your stuff put up in your room, you kind of mingled around the ship, made your way and explored the areas. Uh, well, how was the outside layout? Very, very easy to get around. I mean, in a, in a ship of this layout and design, you basically you've got two internal decks um, you know, down below where all the, the public rooms are, show mm-hmm. lounge, dining rooms, and then the two upper decks where you've got the, the pool deck, um, the sports deck, um, the spa, and all the other facilities that go with that, like the, the buffet dining option as well. Right. Very easy to get around, very well laid out, terrific passenger flow. Very impressed by that. What were your impressions of the public area? Did any of them actually stick out to you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, um, the sanctuary area, which was right aft on the ship, is a, is a super area. You know, for an extra $10 for a half day or $20 for a full day, you know, you've pretty much got this private um, deck area, open space, pool, and um, waiter service pretty much all to yourself. We, we really like that. It's a great feature of the ship. But really, the standout feature was how much space there is on this ship mm-hmm. in terms of just being able to relax especially for deck space. There was never, ever a problem getting um, a sun lounger, getting a a quiet corner to yourself, anywhere you wanted to be. There always seemed to be space. And the the, the one area that we really would highlight was the lotus pool area, Mm -hmm. which was, you know, really nice area to sit and relax, you know, to enjoy the ambience of that particular covered pool. Very smart indeed. Well, you say there's plenty of public space, so did a lot of people take advantage of the sanctuary with there being so much open space outside? Well, it was was 
funny. I mean, we didn't. I mean, we saw the sanctuary when we first got on. We did the full tour, had a look round, saw what was there, um, and we kept promising ourselves that we would go and have, you know, a, a day there. And it wasn't until the last day, which was a sea day, mm-hmm. that we finally thought, well, we better actually <laughs> pull our finger out and do this and spend some time there. Right. Um, and there, I guess there were probably only another six couples. Um, you know, using the sanctuary area for that particular day. So it, it was fairly quiet. Talk to us about the food on Coral Princess. I mean, in the main dining room, you're very, very consistent. They they deliver a very good level um, of, of dining. I mean, it's still big ship dining, so it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of banquet style. But again, on here, you've got the option of the fixed um, traditional two seatings or what they call their anytime dining, which is you just turn up at one of the two dining rooms, you know, at, at the time that suits you best, um, which is slightly different from, from traditional uh, dining. That worked very, very well for us. We really liked the fact that we could turn up, you know, anytime between sort of 5.30 and 8 um, and pretty much get a table with some other people um, and enjoy, you know, a good chat, you know, very social style of, of dining. The alternative dining on Coral was a real surprise for us. We weren't expecting it to live up to some of the standards that we've seen on some of the other cruise ships. And there are two alternative dinings, Sabatini's, which is the Italian, and then the Bayou Cafe, which is a really unusual one because it's only on Coral and it's only on Island Princess. Mm-hmm. And this is a, like a, um, a, a Cajun Creole oh, awesome. steakhouse. Um, and the, the food there was some of the best we've had at sea in a long time. Very impressed by that indeed. And it was like $20 a head supplement to dine there. And we thought that was terrific value. Yeah, totally worth it. it was Sabatini's uh, $20 as well? Sabatini's was 25 25 um, And that's a slightly grander dining experience, more formal. You take, you take more time over Sabatini's there. The service is, you know, is a bit more um, uh, traditional and formal. And that, that's, your, if you like, your big night out, whereas the Bayou Cafe is, is slightly more informal. Mm-hmm. They have jazz, uh, a jazz group there that play in the evening as well to add to the ambience. And we, we thought that was absolutely perfect for us. What kind of entertainment could we find on Coral Princess? Um, entertainment, very, very standard. This is, this is big ship, traditional um, show lounge style entertainment. Most of it is geared around the, the show lounge, so very traditional style of, of cruise ship shows. Um, the Song and Dance Act, um, we had a magician, there was a very good comedian, um, there was a, a, a vocalist who came on and performed on two, two nights mm-hmm. who was very good. Um, and that gave us a nice, you know, an overall, you know, fairly well-rounded program. Nothing that really reached out and, and grabbed you as, as really startling. Um, pretty, pretty typical um, of cruise ship entertainment sort of five, ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, lots of live music, though, which we liked. Plenty of places to go to sit and just listen to the music. And as you say, we really like the, the, the jazz trio that played in the, the Bayou Cafe. And Simon, this itinerary had some really, really awesome ports on it, which you so graciously emailed me a bunch of photos, which I uploaded them on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash cruise radio. What ports did you hit and did anyone really stick out to you besides the whole Panama Canal experience? Well, I mean, it was a really different selection because when you tell people it's a Caribbean cruise, Mm -hmm. people have probably got the image of of all the beaches, the cafes, bars, um, all the stuff that you would normally associate with the Caribbean, especially shopping. And we didn't really have an awful lot of that on this this particular itinerary. The first port of call was Aruba, so one of the Dutch islands in the the south Mm -hmm. of the Caribbean. 
The second port was Cartagena in Colombia, which was brand new to us and a real interesting place to visit. Um, we only did um, a ship-organized excursion, which basically took us around the old city and the fort and a little bit of the new city. So we got a pretty good overview um, of the city, and it's somewhere we'd definitely like to go back to and explore on our own, especially the old city of Cartagena, which is traditional Spanish colonial period stuff and really fascinating to see. Talk to us about the whole Panama Canal experience, because it's just amazing, and it, it's just it, it's a marvel to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. It's an astonishing piece of, en- piece of engineering, one of the great you know, achievements in, in recent modern history. Um, the, the canal experience starts pretty early, pretty much at the crack of dawn, so people really want to be up early that morning. It's worth getting an early night and, and being up for the, the arrival at the gates on the, the Caribbean side, mm-hmm. which are the, the Gatun Locks. There are three of them, um, and you've got about a four-mile, three to four-mile um, traverse of the, the, the inlet, if you like, this big cr- uh, man-made, uh, uh, it's not really a canal because it's too big, but I mean, it's, it's a canal of types, mm-hmm. and you negotiate that um, for the first three or four miles to the three Getun Lakes locks, and you go up those in each in turn, um, and they take about half an hour to 45 minutes to go through all, you know, to go all through it. Um, each one in turn, mm-hmm. um, and you get a really terrific close-up look of the mechanics, how it all works. They're also side-by-side locks, so you can see other ships either going up or down um, the traverse at the same time, so you get a, ter- you know, a, a really up-close feel for how it all works and uh, the mechanics of it all. It's very smooth. It's incredibly efficient. Um, it's a, an absolute marvel in engineering terms because it's all done purely with gravity, with opening and closing mm-hmm. specific gates underneath the canal for the water to come in and out and lift by the lift or lower the, the ships. Yeah, it's such a very cool experience. Whenever you went through all three locks, did you all drop anchor in Lake Gatun and do excursions? That's, that's right, yeah. I mean, that was the, 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 the option at that point. We went up and, and, and moored in, in the lake for a couple of hours. A lot of people did go off to do tours in Panama City or to go and see the, the brand-new set of locks, which are being built almost alongside the current ones, mm-hmm. which will open in 2015, um, and which will double the capacity of the Panama Canal, which is a pretty mind-boggling thought. Um, we actually opted to stay on because we wanted to see the, the reverse process going through the locks back on the way down again. Mm-hmm. So we, we then, uh, we, on the first uh, way through, we stayed in our balcony to watch everything, which gave us a good vantage point. On the way back down, we pretty much went everywhere else, you know, upstairs, downstairs, promenade deck, uh-huh. back, you know, left, right, you name it. We, we got photos from every different angle um, coming back down. So we were pretty busy um, for that hour and a half uh, process, but we really enjoyed that as well. So it was a very different perspective on the canal traverse, what doing it that way. So you go up the Panama Canal, you go back down it, and your next port of call, you hit Costa Rica, correct? That's right, yes. We, we went into Limon in Costa Rica. Yeah, that port could be misleading too, because once you get off the ship and out of the port gates, it kind of looks a little shady. But, yeah, it's, it's, 
old-fashioned yeah, very much so. America. This is not the clean, air-conditioned, mm-hmm. you know, fully, fully sanitized version of the Caribbean. We did have a good wander around the town of Limon, um, and while we stuck to the main areas, we, we still thought it was interesting to see, especially the market area there and some of the shops, because this is not designed for the tourists. This is a real, working, living, breathing town, and we really enjoyed, you know, the couple of hours we spent walking around. So you get back to Fort Lauderdale, you disembark the ship. How was the whole process? Easy? That was that was relatively easy. It was a little bit slow going because it was a Sunday, um, and obviously a Sunday at Fort Lauderdale oh, yeah. um, is busy. pretty busy. There's a lot of ships in. We weren't in at the state of the berth that we'd actually left from because there were so many other ships in port, and I think that slowed um, the disembarkation process down. But we were still off, you know, within sort of half an hour, 45 minutes of of our number being called get through customs and immigration you know we were straight outside we got picked up by the park and go people we were back on the highway within half an hour so it was it was very very easy nice now answer this question for me you would enjoy coral princess if you if you've done a lot of the other caribbean and you're looking to see a very different style of the caribbean if there's one other tip I would give people for, for this particular cruise or anyone going to Panama and the Panama Canal, it's to read a book by an author called David McCulloch. Um, and the book is called The Path Between the Seas, which is the full history of the Panama Canal from 1870 to 1914 when it was completed and it's an absolutely riveting read full of great history but it's a history book that reads like a novel because you won't believe the the, the whole story of the Panama Canal and how it got built. The Path Between the Seas, and we'll link to that on our show notes at cruiseradio.net. And Simon, you were actually um, blogging from sea, and give us that website address so we can go ahead and uh, take a look at your adventures. Time spent at sea.blogspot.com. Editor-in-chief of World of Cruising Magazine, Simon Vaness, as always, thank you so much for being here in that awesome review. That's a pleasure, Doug. You bet, man. That'll do it. Don't forget to download our free iPhone app. It's Cruise Radio Live in your iPhone app store. Droid users, it's still 99 cents, but we're working on that. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our cruise updates. You have tips, news, and all the good stuff at cruiseradio.net. Just put your email address in the upper right-hand box. On behalf of Matt Bassford, I'm Doug Parker, and this is Cruise Radio. Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise Radio. I'm your announcer.